Hey, what's up, everybody? Hope everyone is having a great day, evening, or whenever you're deciding to watch or listen to this podcast episode. How y'all doing? Y'all already know what it is. It's Equip the Podcast. And the saying is stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Uh, thank you guys for choosing to listen and to watch or however you're listening and watching, whether you watch on YouTube or whatever podcast form that you're listening to. I just wanted to say thank you for continuing to rock out with me as, you know, we are going through, you know, different podcast episodes or different things that I feel like needs to be good uh, conversations and things for us to talk about. And today, uh, I, don't, I think I'm not disappointed when I'm talking about this one as well. Um, So today I want to talk about should believers in Christ use the Enneagram, okay? So I know the Enneagram is a personality type thing, and it's it's really used bigly in the church world too like i've even heard some believers say this is a like a uh a um um crap i can't even figure remember the uh 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 um oh this is killing me i can't remember oh the 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 the, the, the um the signs you know taurus libra all that stuff like the Zo- zodiac something dang god Feel crazy. I can't remember that. Okay, yes. Zodiac signs, right? So they said this is like the Christian zodiac. I've heard all of that as well. Um and I even like had used it, like used it and participated in it too. So, you know. But I kind of want to bring up this question: like, should Christians be using the Enneagram? Because the Enneagram is not really what people think it is. Honestly, I'm just gonna go out right and say it. It's not exactly what we think it is. Um because there's nothing, it's not Christian-based at all, not Bible-believing-based Bible at all, like nothing like we think it is, actually. Um, So we're really going to talk about like some of the origins real quickly. I'm not going to do like the whole big, huge study. I'm just going to tell you, okay, this is where it came from. This is the guys who said it. This is where it came from, stuff like that. And then we're really going to, you know, get into it. But I really just want to talk about the Enneagram real quick. Like, let's talk about where it came from, how do we get it, things like that. Because it is good to know. The history of how things come about because it, it helps inform us before we actually participate and learn and, and, and choose if we're going to continue to really indulge in it or not. So real quickly, let's talk about the Enneagram. All right. So let's talk about the origin of the Enneagram. So let's uh, let me share my screen real quick. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, let's share my screen real quick. All right, let's share. Okay. So now... We're going to go to this origins right here. Three, three. And this is literally, you can look all this stuff up, all right? You can literally look all this stuff up. All right. So, so there were certain opinions of how the, the Enneagram is formed, right? The roots of the Enneagram are disputed and unclear, but some connected to different spiritual and oral traditions, mathematical, mathematical and philosophical traditions. You know, some authors claim strong Sufi roots, while others... Point to connections to early historic, esoteric. I'm sorry, Christianity, and it should be noted, however, that it's definitely not common to all Sephardic traditions. So it's nothing really clear. But once we get to this 21st century, then then we start to get understanding. All right. So real quick, I'm just reading this real quick. All right. So the more recent evolution of the enneagram in the form and shape that is known in the 21st century is much clearer with Gerard if. So this this dude right here, this bald dude right here, all right, George Gurdjieff, all right. So he had a really early influence as well. So, 
So he was a Russian mystic and, mystic and teacher used the Enneagram to, sp to explain the unfolding of creation, called it the symbol of perpetual motion. Movements or sacred dances constitute an integral part of the Gerardic work. Gerardic sometimes referred to himself as teacher of dancing. He alludes to all the fact that he, that he was introduced to the Enneagram in the 1920s during a visit of a monastery in Afghanistan, but, does, but he does not definitely explain the symbol's origin. All right, so pretty much this guy, he's one of the people that helped it. So pretty much with him, he just came up with the, the, the patterns and designs of the Enneagram. I'm going to show what it looks like in a second or whatever. But, um, matter of fact, I'm sorry. I'm just going to do that right now and show you actually what, the, what, it, what it looks like. So so y'all know what I'm talking about. Because some of y'all might be like, what the heck is the Enneagram? It's a personality uh, type thing. So I'm gonna give you show you image of what it looks like real quickly, just so you know everybody knows. All right. So my bad. This is what it looks like right here. Can I get a bigger view? Good lord. All right. And I wish I could blow it up. But yeah, this is the Enneagram person personality type. So first type you could be is an informer. Second is helper. Three achiever. Four individualist. Five investigator. Six loyalist. Seven enthusiast. Uh, eight challenger and nine the peacemaker, whatever. So these are all the personality types that it comes with it. And then with each one that you are, you have a wing, right? So you could be a seven personality type, but a six wing or an eight wing. So you're an enthusiast, but you're also a challenger. Or you're an enthusiast, you're also a loyalist. Like technically, that was my so called Enneagram type. I was a seven. All right. But that's just a quick what it looks like. Let's bounce back to here real quick. All right. So pretty much he came up with the Enneagram and to him it was more of unfolding creation like perpetual movement like finding like inner self you know stuff like that it was more of like uh it wasn't used for personality types by the way you by the way George did it. it wasn't used right then after that after he he originally came up with like kind of how it looked in South America Oscar Achazo a Bolivian-born founder in, of the Arcaric School, established in 1968, also taught the Enneagram during the 1960 uh, Chazo's Enneagram personality and related theories formed a part of Okay, so this gave you a little information on Isaac, but I also have more on, on him, on how he got his information. All right, so hold on. My bad. Uh, where is it at? All right, so this is going to tell you where he got his information to go with, like, kind of the personality types all right so this is where he got the information to find out how like the like the personality types and stuff like like this is more backstory towards that right so it said it should be noted that in the early 1970s john Lilly was re was already reporting that achazio right that's the guy oscar this is after george right Acasio claimed to have received his knowledge for the Enneagram, right the knowledge of it from the archangel art art archangel metatron in the green Q-tip. These are technical terms which require some background of esoteric doctrine and which can easily lead to bizarre interpretation. Briefly, as Achazo describes Archangel Metatron as a faculty of a higher mind which allows a person to have special knowledge of divine nature. It is the arch archetype archetypal figure representing the presence of God, a state of consciousness, and the unity of God is remembered without interpretation. The occurring system was produced under the state of consciousness. So remember, he taught 
their character system in the last thing I just read to you. Now you're reading more about it, okay? In connection with this, it should be mentioned that Metatron is traditionally associated with the highest levels of the Kabbalah. In fact, it's said to be a bridge by, which is known as the Kabbalah, which is transmitted from Abraham among Kabbalists. Metatron is known as the angel of the presence and known with the crown of Sephar, which is sometimes designated as a vast continuance. Interestingly, the Sophie Enneagram, according to Lay Bacatar, is traditionally known as the sign of presence or divine presence, also known as the symbol face of God. So, uh, to wrap all that up, right? So, pretty much, this, uh, Isaac Ashart, no, that's not him. I think this is the guy before. So, this is George. Now, the next dude in line to help carry on is this dude right here. So, this guy, he pretty much got his information from Enneagram from the Archangel, Metatron, A.K.A. If you learn about Metatron, you can look this dude up, which I probably should have pulled it up. But Metatron is all is is a demon, okay? This dude's a demon. That's who the Archangel Metatron is is a demon. People think he's uh he's up there with God. He's a divine presence. He's he's not. He is not. Metatron is a demon. So this guy got his information from a demon, pretty much. Hate to say it like that, but yeah, a demon. That's who he got it from. Then, after that, we have this fellow here who's next in line. Claudio Naranjo. Alright? Read a little bit about him. Claudio Naranjo. A client physicist, a psych psych psychiatrist, was exposed to an enneagram through a chazo and brought the enneagram into modern psychological traditions such as Oaks, Alamas, Maltria, all these other names I'm, I'm butchering. Sorry. Study the Naharajo, who still teaches the Enneagram to this day through ARGs. And Enneagram was introduced to numerous Christian communities in the United States, with authors such as Wagner, Rizzo, Hudson were exposed to teaching. Since its introduction to the world of psychological, the Enneagram has partially validated through. Okay. Enneagram teachers also know the work of psychologists. All right. So after that, he, Claudio, this dude here on the right, I better keep going. This dude here, he, Learned for, from Achazo, the Enneagram and things like that. And then he took it to a whole nother level where he made it into personality types, right? So because the Enneagram really means nine. There's nine in the Enneagram. But let's hear what he actually said, how he got his information real quick. Let's pull up what this man actually said himself, okay? So y'all don't think I'm capping. All right, so I wanted I wonder if y'all heard that. All right, so Claudio says he got the information from of the enneagram. So that pretty that means like all the because there's enneagram books that literally have details of each personality type, what's their strengths and weaknesses, who might not get along with who, stuff like that. I'm talking about like in depth. Like I've read enneagram books like that. So he said he got his information from automatic writing. What is automatic writing? Automatic writing is meaning you're listening to whatever spirits or whatever you're listening to to write this information, a.k.a. demon. 
Automatic writing is you're talking to divine so-called spirits to write this enneagram type. No. So he's getting his information to write this from demons as well. Automatic writing. That's what that means. So we have George. You know, we have this guy, George, you know what I'm saying, who was a mystic teacher. You know what I'm saying? He was really into unfolding creation and learning the perpetuals and learning all this stuff. And then you got this dude here, Oscar, who literally got his so-called his so-called information, his idea for the ideogram by the archangel Metatron, okay, aka the demon. And then you got Claudio, this dude, who literally did automatic writing to get the all the information that he got. So. Yes, so this is who influenced the Enneagram, okay? Now, the thing is, it's like, okay, Ivan, so what, pretty much, if these guys were, okay, it came up like this, like, so what, you know what I'm saying, like, is it really bad? Like, a lot of it seems to make sense, you know, like, uh, like, it just seems to make sense, Ivan, like, like, and I get that, it seems to make sense, like, that's how it kind of got me involved in it, too, like, okay, it seems to make sense, it's kind of intelligent, because these guys, you know, I'm not saying these guys are stupid, you know, they're, 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 they belong in the, uh, psychology, philosophy, like, you know what I'm saying, like, I get it, you know, these guys aren't dumb, right, but, let me introduce you, let's look up Colossians 2.8 real quick, all right, and at Colossians 2.8, Paul says to the church of Colossians and Colossae, he says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty the seat. According to human tradition, according to element, elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. All right, so let me read that again. See to it that no one, he's talking to the church here, that none of y'all, to the church, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. See to it that no one, so he's talking to the church, and he's saying, see to it that no one, so he's talking about people outside the church, people in the world, people who are not believers, okay? See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. So he's telling the church of Colossae, okay, that don't be influenced by people by their philosophy, by their empty deceit, according to human traditions, elemental spirits of the world, right? Don't be, because at this time, there was a heavy dose of Gnosticism during this time when Paul was writing this. Uh, Greek, like Greek, you know, you had the whole Greek philosophy back then. You had other mysterious religions, and then you have Jewish mysticism, right? So Gnosticism really was like a belief that human beings contain a piece of God uh, within themselves, falling from immaterial worlds, by the humans, all physical matter, subject to decay, rise, and death. Those bodies in the material world are created by inferior beings and are therefore evil, trapped in the material world and status, right? So Gnosticism also, like, they had a different theolo theological, like, theological premise of how the world was formed and things like that. Uh, like, like they were totally different from Christianity. Now you had Gnostic Christians because Gnosticism, like, it's coming from the Greek word like Gnosticus, I believe, and it's 
wisdom, knowledge. That's where Gnosticism comes from. So you had people who were always saying, where do we come from? Why do we hear? Things like that. Like this was the early form of, I, I think, like, I feel like like when you, when, I, when you read in some of the people who were Gnosticism and history and stuff like that, I feel like they asked a lot of good questions. Like where do we come from? Why are we here? What's our purpose? Stuff like that. Like good questions, right? And a lot of the Christian people who are also very educated in philosophy and stuff like that, like Justin Barrier, Justin Barrier, Arrhenius, stuff like those, they were battling and writing letters against Gnosticism, right? So Gnosticism is not of Christ at all, right? So um, that's pretty much what they were going, who they were going against at the time. So he was warning against these people. Gnosticism, Jewish mysticism, all these other different stuff. Like he was against, like Paul was warning the Christ, like the Christians in Colossae to not fall victim of this stuff, right? So let's read something else that is going to put us in the mind. Let's read Galatians, right? And in Galatians 5, chapter 5, 19 through 20, Paul saying to the church of Galatians, now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, robberies, dissensions, and divisions. All right. So these are works of the flesh. These are all sins. These are all things that are wrong. Idolatry, like sorcery, witchcraft, divinations, all that stuff, right? And then also, let's read Leviticus, Old Testament, when Moses is talking to the Israelites, right? Do not turn to mediums. Or necromancers, do not seek them out, and so make yourselves unclean by them. I am the Lord, your God. Okay, so let's go through this piece by piece real quick. Okay, so the hindsight is right when you're asking like, what's the big deal, right? What's the big deal with using the uh, enneagram? Like, what? Why? Why is that big? Deal? What's, why is that a big deal? I mean, like, it's not really helping. Like, it's not really. So when I read the Colossians verse, Colossians two eight. That's telling you, like, even though, like, Paul's saying, like, even though, like, don't be fooled because some things that sound good, some things sound intelligent, some things you can articulate it very, very well doesn't mean it's correct, for one. And it also doesn't mean it's something that we should be getting involved in, right? Because Gnosticism is heretical, right? It's false. It's a false heresy in the Christian worldview, right? So Paul is warning them to, to watch out for that because. You you could they can articulate their 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 beliefs really quickly. They they can do those things. They can articulate. They can say certain things right, ask certain questions. But Paul is warning them to watch out for that, right? Don't be fall fall to Gnosticism because there's only the one true God, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, right? That's the one that we should be following. So don't be fooled by oh yeah, it's because Gnosticism grown into so many different different sects because this really came up around the first and second century. So now. It's still around for sure, but it's so many different sects and no sex into it. And now they'll dibble and dab in Christianity and other stuff. So you might hear you might hear someone mention Jesus and Christian in the Bible and stuff like that. Go, oh yeah, you're a Christian, but then when you really figure out what they're trying to do, you're like, okay, never mind, right? So we need to be on guard. We need to have awareness when it's coming to that, right? So that's one thing, right? That's one thing, right? Also, when it comes to it as well, God doesn't want us to seek out medium seek out people who are got these divine so-called callings they can hear from god supposedly like, stuff like that like we don't need to be seeking out anybody but christ right and the reason why for that because we in our flesh we have a hunger for 
wanting to know, and and, and that's what and when you ask what the definition of witchcraft is too, right? What's witchcraft, right? Anything like that, right? So everyone just thinks witchcraft is just like a witch with a broom and they got a, a cauldron and they just stirring stuff up and they you know casting spells on on people and doing witch th- like okay that's some form of it, yeah. But what witchcraft really is is that you're trying to get information past, present, or future, or control anything in the spiritual realm outside of the superiority of God. That's what witchcraft is, right? That's what witchcraft, all right? So if you're trying to gain information about the past, present, or like the, the, like the past and the future outside the presence of God, are you trying to change the spirits outside of the presence of God and things like that? That's basic form of witchcraft. Honestly, it could be basic as you like lighting up sage and you're trying to change the spiritual awareness around your room not lighting sage and just like you like the smell of it or nothing like that that's not wrong but if you're lighting up sage only with the purpose to change the spirits that's in the room that is a form of witchcraft according to the bible so we got to be careful with that right who we're seeking out for this information right and when it's coming to the enneagram right and the reason why the enneagram can be dangerous is because we're applying these type one type two type three type four type five whatever to our lives right we're applying it to our lives so we're applying information by demons to our lives, right? We're getting our information from people who were used by demons to apply it to our lives, saying, you know what? Instead of what God says who we are in the Bible, that's not enough. So let's go to these personality types on the Enneagram that who are influenced by people who were influenced by demons to learn about ourselves. That's really what the Enneagram is saying. Right, when you really break it down to it, that, and that's really what the dangerous is, because for a lot of believers, the Bible's not enough. The Word of God's not enough. We need to find extra stuff, right? Instead of the Bible, instead of the Bible has everything we need to find out what God actually says about us, about our identity, and things like that. So we'll use any other thing to try to get identity, right? Just like what with the zodiac stuff. This ain't no, this ain't no different, honestly. The zodiac stuff. This is the same thing. Zodiac stuff. Oh, and then also on top of that, what it also does is the fact that you'll start to judge people because of this. Oh, you know, I'm a type seven and, you know, according to type seven, you're a type five. And, you know, we don't technically we don't get along because our personalities clash and things like that. And, and that that's what it's going to start to do. You're going to start to judge people. Off their personality type instead of looking at them as a brother and sister in Christ. Who cares about their personality type? That's what it's going to start to do. Just like these people out here with these zodiac signs, like, oh my, oh you're a Capricorn. Look, oh Lord, nah, you're a Capricorn. Or, oh Lord, you know what? You're you're a Taurus. I I, you, I know about them Taurus. I know. Oh my God. Or or you know what? Uh, uh, I heard about you Cancers all day. Oh my God, you Cancers are so sensitive and all. Like that's what it's doing. That's what it's doing. We feel like we're getting a, a full sense of our identity and who we are and expressing it. You know what I'm saying? We feel like this is us. So we'll read it and be like, yeah, that applies to me. That does relate. Then that does apply to me. Oh, you know what? Then it's like, and what it starts to do is you start to divide up. You start to outcast. You start to look at people differently. Not by who they actually are. Not by what they actually say out their mouth. By because they were born a certain time of the day of the month. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it's starting to do. That's where it gets wrong at. I'm not saying if you participated in, with the Enneagram that you like are worshiping the devil. 
I ain't, I ain't crazy. I ain't dumb. I ain't crazy like that. Like some people go off the room like, yeah, you're a demon worshiping, and you're worshiping the devil when you. No, you're not. You're not worshiping the devil when you do that. But you are listening to what the devil is saying about your life when you're participating in the enneagram, for sure. Because the people who got their information from the enneagram got it from demons. I mean, it is what it is. That's who they got it from. You know, instead of getting it from God, because when you and honestly, when you think about Genesis three, right? We think about Genesis three. We think about when uh, Satan with Eve. What did Satan say to Eve? Right. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to just say. It. Let's read it together. I'm going to look it up together. Let's read it together real quickly. All right. Because because it's going to make sense. The, the the Satan scheme here. Okay. And what he's actually up to. It makes sense. All right. So let's look up Genesis three real quick before I wrap up. I ain't, gonna, I ain't trying to keep you on here the whole time. I don't even know how much time I've been on here. All right, now, let's read Genesis 3. This is the fall, right? This is when God already told Adam and Eve, you can have all the, I mean, you know, told Adam, like, look, you can have all the trees and all the fruit, you just don't eat from this one, right? So this is, now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast on the field that the Lord God has made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, why may we, I'm sorry, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. And neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Right there, you see it, right? Satan, because Satan tricked her into thinking, like, look, you don't need to listen to God. Well, all God has to say, look, you can have knowledge like him. You can be like him. Your eyes will be open. You will have knowledge of things like that. You don't have to worry about it. Go to this extra thing. Instead of depending on God, right? Instead of depending on him for knowledge, right? Instead of depending on him. For his best, for his best interest in your life and things like that. No, go find out from this this enneagram about your life. Go find out from this stage. Go find out from this fortune teller. Go find out from this person about God, like about about extra stuff about your life. You don't need God, right? Go find all this extra stuff to yourself. Like this has always been the devil's mo. It's always been Satan's mo since the start. So, really, I'm making this. I'm making this podcast episode because, uh, because at one point I used to like you know before I really learned more about the enneagram and things like that, um, I was like I was doing this stuff like I was introduced to stuff and I thought it was you know it was innocent cool you know what I'm saying like I thought it was all right like yeah I'm, I'm a seven like you know so I was like I'm a seven you know I got an eight and six wing. And, this, that, and the third, and oh, you're an eight, you're cool, and stuff like that, and, oh, and the fours, oh, the fours are crazier, they're more, like, after a while, I started to see it, and then I started listening to people talk about the Enneagram, talk about the origin of the Enneagram, and then I started thinking about it, I'm like, you know what, this makes a lot of sense. Like, we approaching the Enneagram like it's a zodiac sign. Like, if you're, if you're, if you're against zodiac signs as a believer in Christ, but you out here doing the Enneagram, doing the same thing, what's the difference? What's the difference? You're doing the same exact thing that we clowning people for doing zodiac signs for. But really, both of them has no purpose, honestly. And I'm not, you know, saying that all 
personality types and figuring out what type of person you are is bad. It's not. It's not bad. But when you're listening and applying to something that someone was influenced by demons by on your life, or if you're using this personality type to disrespect other people and outcast other people just because they have a certain personality type, whatever like that, that stuff is wrong. That stuff is wrong. And we and as believers in Christ, honestly, in my opinion, we should honestly get rid of the Enneagram, throw it away, throw it in the trash, stay far away from that joint because it's not doing the kingdom any justice at all. We think we're doing the kingdom justice by knowing the person. How about we use the first two commandments when it comes to one another? How about we apply the Bible when it comes to how we handle one another? How, how about, yeah, apply the Bible. Like, apply what God's word says, how we should treat one another, how... We are already valued since we're all, you know, grafted into the kingdom of God. How about that? Let's do that. Our identity should be rooted in Christ. Now, I'm not saying that if you're born in a certain race or your certain culture and stuff like that, like, yes, your culture, you could be African Christian. You could be a, a Russian Christian, Jewish Christian, whatever. Like, yes, that's fine. Like, culture is a big part. Culture is fine. But if we are outcasting people and bringing in a full like identity that's something that's not belong to Christ, then that's an issue that we should not be doing. And I think that's something that we need to be looking out for because not only with the Enneagram, we can do that with a lot of different things too as well. But honestly, you know what I'm saying? And my thing is just to point out certain facts to you guys. Like so you might not be convinced with this video. I get it. But really pray and ask the God to talk to you about, should you be using Enneagram? And what benefits does it really actually bring you? Like, is it really bringing it benefit to the kingdom? You know what I mean? Especially when you know what happened, how you got the information. You know what I mean? So, my video is just to point this out there. And not to mention, I used to actually do I used to post the, the seven stuff on my stories a couple years ago and stuff like that. So, I actually learned about my own eye. Once I learned about the owner, I ain't doing that anymore. I don't even post it, talk about it, nothing like that. If anything, I don't, you know, and I've been off the Zodiac. I've never been really on the Zodiac sign stuff anyway, but I was doing the same thing with the Enneagrams at one point. So I was like, oh, no, I was, I'm not just as bad as everybody, everyone with the Zodiac signs like the rest of the world. So be careful, guys. Just really pray and think. And just ask God, like, should I really be using this, pertaining this, and applying this to my life and saying this is who I am, I'm a seven, when I know this is coming from pretty much demons? No, no, I'm sorry, not pretty much. It is coming from demons. Like, should I be applying it to demons' words to my life or the Enneagram? Because we'd rather be all of the Enneagram than all of the Bible. We, 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 we will learn our Enneagram time from front to back and be excited about that but not be excited about, you know, God's word. And, I, you know, I hear the Bible is born and all this, that, and the third. But, but we haven't really tried to actually read it and actually learn it. And I know it takes some, you know, it, it's not like you're picking up a regular, like a regular book book. And just like, okay, I can read. Like, you do have to understand, like, the culture, the context, which reading stuff like that. But that's stuff you can easily learn. And once you easily learn that, then you can read the word. You know what I'm saying? Then you can read this word. So it's like you read any grammar or anything else. But we just got to have stop having the hunger for wanting extra information. That's outside of the word of God. Like, we don't need extra information. You don't need to seek no extra medium. You don't need to seek no extra person who, or so-called prophet who thinks that they're hearing from God and they got some special connection with God and extra revelation and stuff like that. You don't need, you don't need to do all that. Oh, crap. I didn't know I could move this with my watch. Dang, I learn something new every day.
But anywho, so that's all I really, you know, have to say about the Enneagram. I don't think believers in Christ at all should be using the Enneagram also. But if you're still using stuff like that, I'm not going to judge you. Act like you're not a believer in Christ and things like that. I, you know, I don't go to that type of realm. But still think you should be careful when you're using this thing. So, well, that's all I got for you guys today. I hope this was informational. I hope that this is something to at least strike your mind on to looking up more information and things for yourself. Uh, real quickly, too, before I get off here, there's actual there's an actual book by this one woman who used to be up, who used to be in it um, very heavily, and then she got out and uh, and, and, and she wrote a really great in depth book about the Indian Kramer with some stuff you need to know. Hold on, let me uh, hold on. The, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it's called Richard War Richard Roar and the Secret of the Enneagram. And it's by Don and Joy Velnet and Marcia Montego. And these are really good people. They really talk in depth about the Enneagram and the dangers and stuff like that. It's called Richard Roar and the in the Enneagram Secret. Matter of fact, let me uh pull it up right here. This is what it looks like. Right here. Right here. Richard Ward, if you're watching this on uh, YouTube, but if you're not, it's called Richard Roar. Roar is R-O-H-R. In the secret, in the Enneagram secret, I'm sorry. In the Enneagram secret. It is by Don and Joy Felnight and Marcia Montego. All right. And Richard Ward is like a heretic, real quickly as well. Richard Ward is like a heretic type dude that's into the whole mysticism, uh, into the whole you know, uh, new age stuff and stuff like that. So that's a guy you should not be listening to in his teachings at all if you're a believer in Christ. If you're not a believer in Christ, I'm telling you, you know, I'm suggesting you don't do it, but, you know, you can do whatever you do. But if you're a believer in Christ, stay away from anything that has ritual war in it at all because this man is heretic and he be, you know, yeah. So I'm sorry, I just had to say that little tidbit to give you more information as well. But that's all I got for you guys. Hope you, hope you enjoy. Peace.